0: And welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, and we start with local news. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti recently paid a visit to Columbia City Hall, requesting councilmen to waive utility connection fees and building permits for an estimated $150... $150,000 in savings on the Murray County Judicial Center as site work continues there. Following a joint letter from Murray County Mayor Sheila Budd and Chairman Previtti to Columbia City Manager Tony Massey, the council voted unanimously at its regular meeting last Thursday to waive the fees in an effort to help. This is a perfect example of Team Murray with the county and city working together, Chairman Previtti said. Massey weighed in on the vote, saying the city grants similar waivers in other situations and that this this one in particular showed the council members' support for the future Judicial Center. At the end of the day, we're all Murray County citizens, Massey said. We felt it was appropriate to make this happen. Last week, a new rendering was released, giving a more detailed look at the facade and posterior of the in-process facility, touted as a boon to ADA compliance given the current courthouse's limited access and a lack of downtown parking. The judicial center's initial cost was $30 million, an amount that was approved by the commission last fall. In late January, the Commission approved the release of funds to begin Phase 2 of the project, which upped the cost on the center by $3.9 million, marking Phase 2 of the project with a new grand total of $33.9 million. Still, upon that same approval, savings of some $267,000 were secured by acting in time to lock prices for the cost of Phase 2 materials and documents for design and construction. With the new city-approved utility waivers, the total savings comes in at, currently, $417,000. Last year, the previous commission made their final major vote with the approval of the center, lauding its passage without another property tax increase. A previous property tax increase passed last summer hit homeowners this fiscal year. Given the cost of development caught under the multi-tiered conundrum of 2022's rapid inflation, supply chain holdups, and a state-level failed builder impact fee, some commissioners pressed the matter to avoid an even higher cost that would bring to impasse a facility already mired in a saga of continuances. The new Justice Center will be located at the site of the old Daily Herald building on South Main Street in Columbia, which is approximately four blocks south of the current courthouse. Yesterday, Woodard Elementary School had a STEAM workshop day. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy visited the school to see what the kids were working on.
1: This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Again, today I have the pleasure of being at Woodard Elementary School, and I'm in the cafeteria with a whole bunch of students. ...who are engaging in a STEAM project. I'm talking with Leanne Zimmerman, teacher here at Woodard. What grade do you teach, Ms. Zimmerman?
2: Um, I actually teach K-12 through gifted education. So I go to eight different Murray County schools.
1: Wow. And what's going on here at Woodard today?
2: So we have some special guests in the house today. We have uh, Dr. Drizzle, otherwise known as Dacia Jones, and her husband, Steve, and They own Expeditions in Education. And they are here to share their passion for national parks... And STEAM education. So they have challenged our students this morning with lots of science experiments. We did dry ice. We made rockets. We made circuits. We did all kinds of fun stuff. And this afternoon, she has challenged our older students to find a solution to a problem that exists in Crater Lake National Park in Oregon. That lake, they have an invasive species, a crawfish, and that species is actually harming and almost bringing to extinction a newt that is only found in Crater Lake National Park. So our students have been challenged to create a humane trap, either for the newt, so they can take it to a safer place, or for the crawfish, so they can catch those crawfish and take them to somewhere they're native, where they're supposed to be. So as I look out right now, we've got students using all kinds of recyclable materials to create and build a prototype of a trap for this that would help the the rangers at Crater Lake National Park.
1: Wow, that's a pretty tall order for 3rd and 4th graders. Let's see, I've got Webb Watson here with us. He's a 3rd grader here at Woodard. How are you doing, Webb? Good. Tell me your parents' names.
3: Uh, Melinda Watson and Justin Watson.
1: Okay, now Webb, you're working on a project to trap these crawfish. What's your plan?
3: So we're going to put like a lightweight trap on like a plate so the crawfish will uh, get on the plate and it will uh, make it to where the plate will go down and it should close the gate and trap them in there.
1: Oh, wow. Will there be some kind of bait involved for the crawfish?
3: Yes. Um, We were planning, since a newt is lightweight, we could use, like, a dead newt, probably.
1: Okay, and that's the problem. The crawfish are eating the newt at Crater Lake, right? Yes. So y'all are trying to save the newts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what a plan. All right Ms Zimmerman now I understand at the end of this some of the projects may be actually submitted and, and a national submission and uh, some may be adopted by the National Park Service. How does that work?
2: Absolutely so at the end of the building time the students can choose if they if they want to share their their work. If they do then dr. drizzle will compile those. they'll be like the prototype and explanation and she's actually going to Crater Lake in March. And she will take that information with her and present those ideas. So they might say, this is Webb's idea. And he has te- he and his team built a device that would and explain it, show them the prototype. And then if the rangers like it, they can get those traps actually made from real substances. We understand cardboard and paper plates and yarn. That doesn't do well underwater. It's the idea that's important. So we build the prototype. The rangers actually bring it to fruition and then put it into Crater Lake and use it in their facilities.
1: Wow, this is amazing. And it's all to help save the newts who are being eaten by the crawfish. Webb, do you think your uh, trap's going to work?
3: I don't know. We'll see.
1: Okay, man. Good luck with it. Again, Delp Kennedy at Woodard Elementary School, they've got a STEAM project going here today where the students, and we're talking 3rd and 4th graders here, are designing and building a concept trap for Crater Lake National Park where they have a problem. The crawfish are eating the newts, and the crawfish are invasive species, and the newts are native, and so they're trying to save them. This is really exciting. Uh, Congratulations, Webb.
3: This is just, I I love it. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I hope it turns out great.
1: Webb, I think you got a plan going, and I think it's it's amazing.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Thank you, Webb. And thank you, Ms.
0: Zimmerman.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for coming.
0: Joshua Merrill was already brewing up a vision for his community when his local shop, Legacy Coffee Company, won $10,000 in the Wired Small Business Contest, a competition that took place last August hosted by the Murray County and Spring Hill Chambers of Commerce. And that vision is beginning to take hold, including more growth and new partnerships as Merrill puts the grant funding to use. Last year, 10 businesses competing for best small business pitch were narrowed to two, with favored entrepreneurs Legacy Coffee in Neapolis taking home $10,000 and Old Stone Creamery at Cleburne Farm in Spring Hill taking the second prize of $4,000. Donations to fund the grant came from other local businesses willing to invest in the program, which helped make the funds a reality for the finalists. Hosted by Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance and Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce, the pitch competition was one that Merrill said he enjoyed and could see being turned into a reality television show, bringing to mind the popular business pitch program Shark Tank. Merrill said he appreciates the supportive structure and mentorship that came with the grants, explaining that contest winners do not just take the money and go home, but they will have at their disposal a network of coaching. Merrill said he hopes as future contests repeat, he can serve on a team of judges or as support to other businesses. This is a help from people who are savvy to impart knowledge to the next generations, Merrill said. Merrill said the business I'm sorry, Merrill said the successful business owner is going to recognize where they need help, and the program is designed to provide tips for growth and innovation. The financial side of business was not my strong suit, said Merrill, whose expertise comes from years of coffee knowledge. I had never put together a PowerPoint presentation, but I had friends who could help. After creating a short video with the help of a longtime friend to tell the legacy story, he began to more clearly develop extra parts of his business that naturally spring from his love of people. We believe every community will have a need for strong leaders and quality coffee, Merrill said of his vision. If you create a culture, not just of making coffee, but seek to build leaders and invest in people, there's always a return on that, he said. Citing what he says as an oft-used phrasing, the business holds a goal of pouring into people. We want to add value to the community, Merrill said. In October, another long-awaited dream came to fruition for sisters Laura Campbell-Pirtle and Susan Campbell-Martin as they opened a market to local farming and craft vendors that now hosts more than 20 independent producers and makers. Recently, the sisters added Friday hours to their standard Saturday 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. operation and have used their $4,000 grant to buy extra coolers for more product and also bring in a new helper. Laura Purdle said the grant allowed a plan to offer a Spring Hill High School student an internship to help with social media promotions at the 150-year-old Dairy and Angus Farm in North Murray County. Along with husbands Dane Pirtle and Chris Martin, the sisters live on the land that has seen generations of success and hardship, while all working other jobs and sharing business responsibilities. The property that has stayed with the Campbell family since the post-Civil War era, when a pre-Civil War era, when a Scottish Highlands-born cabinet member for President James Madison and Russian Ambassador George Washington Campbell brought up large swaths of land in Tennessee and Kentucky. The Purtle and Martin families have relished the opportunity to pour into their community by allowing a hub for other farming neighbors, even teaching Laura's son Campbell Purtle how to run a cash register and watch as customers find a one-stop spot for supporting a burgeoning farm and homestead environment that echoes times long past. At Legacy, Merrill said in addition to a shelving system that has drastically improved workflow and efficiency, the grant allowed coffee inventory increase that has led to a partnership out of Honduras. As they continue to offer their biodegradable green pods for K-Cups, their coffee partners share more than a love of coffee. The name of their partners? Legacy Farms in Honduras, which has no connection to the local coffee shop, but shares products from decidedly choice coffee berries. Future growth will expand Legacy's reach to a shared location off Nashville Highway 31 with an aptly named 431 Ministries, which is linked with Haven House to help single mothers find their way with a variety of resources. At that location, Legacy also plans to house a roastery with hopes of growing the Legacy brand. Hearkening back to the mentors that will offer business guidance and coaching, Edward Jones Financial Advisor Will Tenpenny aided the Murray Alliance competition, saying Merrill has much passion and promise. Josh Merrill's passion and love for coffee and community is evident in every cup he creates, Tenpenny said. We're excited about the ideas he has to grow his business and look forward to continuing to partner with him in the future. All 10 business applicants were chosen by Amelia Bozeman, director of Tennessee Small Business Development Center, which offers no-cost consulting and training for business owners. Join Murray Alliance and Breakfast Rotary for their annual State Eggs and Issues event. This event features a panel discussion and Q&A with Senator Dr. Joey Hensley, Representative Scott Sabicki, and Representative Kip Capley. The event will take place on February 24th from 6.45 to 8 a.m. at the Memorial Building located at 308 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets are $20 for members and $25 for non-members and include breakfast. Members of Breakfast Rotary do not need to purchase a ticket to attend. To submit a question or topic in advance for consideration, you can email nperry at murrayalliance.com. For more information about the event, you can contact Murray Alliance at www.murrayalliance.com. A new art exhibit recognizing Black History Month and featuring local artist James Spearman is now on display in the Columbia Welcome Center. Located at 713 North Main Street, the exhibit will be on display through the month of February. It is free to view the exhibit and open to the public during operating hours, which are Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday, noon to 3 p.m. Art can be purchased directly through the artist. Mr. Spearman received his Bachelor of Fine Arts at Wayne State University, specializing in interior architectural design and space planning. He was commissioned by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, in partnership with Ford Motor Company and the Arts League of Michigan to paint the piece Soul of Rock in 2004. The image was selected as a signature piece for their brochure and traveling exhibit. He was commissioned by the Martin Luther King Jr. Task Force in Southfield, Michigan in 2015 to sculpt and create a bronze metal bust of Dr. King, which is on permanent display in the main lobby of the Southfield Library in Southfield, Michigan. He has received commissions to paint many portraits and subjects of interest and has exhibited in several cities nationally. His work is owned by many collectors. He and his wife owned and managed Dell Gallery, an art gallery in Lathrop Village, Michigan. His teaching experiences include more than 18 years teaching live art workshops for the Arts League of Michigan. After he and his wife moved to Columbia in 2007, he has taught live and virtual art workshops with the Healing Arts Project, Incorporated. Spearman says he considers himself a realist, using a primary medium of oil on canvas. His preferred subject is figurative, but he enjoys painting portraits, landscapes, and animals with an emphasis on sensitivity, strength, and beauty in his images. You can find out more about Mr. Spearman by visiting the exhibit or see examples of his work online at www.jamesspeermangallery.com. Rising country artist Josh Ross recently released the video for his song Trouble with the help of the Murray County Fire Department. The fire department shared on social media, We were honored to be featured in Universal Music recording artist Josh Ross's Trouble music video. Thank you, Josh, for using this video shoot as an opportunity to m- promote the work of our first responders. Trouble was featured in the January 5th episode of Fox's hit TV series, Welcome to Flatch, available to watch on Fox and Hulu. Ross celebrated the release of Trouble by joining his friend Bailey Zimmerman as the opener for three sold-out shows. Ross was announced as one of Spotify's hot country artists to watch in 2023. On the touring side, he will be joining Lee Bryce and the Tenille Arts And Tenille Arts in April on the Beer Drinking Opportunity Tour and an extensive North American tour alongside Nickelback and Brantley Gilbert on the Get Rollin Tour, kicking off in June of 2023. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Shane Clark, 62, passed away on Friday, February 10th at his residence in Columbia, Visitation with the family of Mr. Clark will be held at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home on Wednesday, today, February 15th, from 4 to 8 p.m. A celebration of life will be held at a later date. Mrs. Erlene Faye Fowler Pipkin, 77, a homemaker and resident of Columbia, died Saturday, February 11th at Murray Regional Medical Center. A graveside service for Mrs. Pipkin will be conducted on Thursday at 2 p.m. at Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Dan U. Harmon, 80, a retired architectural illustrator, longtime resident of Atlanta, Georgia, and Columbia, Tennessee, died Sunday, February 12th at his residence. A celebration of life service for Mr. Harmon will be held on Thursday, February 16th at 3 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home in Columbia. Burial will follow at Polk Memorial Gardens. Visitation will be from Thursday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell.
2: When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family.
1: What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856,
0: people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with isolated thunderstorms developing throughout the day. The high will reach 72 degrees with winds out of the south at 10 to 15 miles per hour. The chance of rain, 30%. Tonight, we can expect more thunderstorms and a low of 62. Winds will be out of the south at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family First. (laughs)
1: Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you've given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrenshome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way, a long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Chemicals released last week after a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, will not affect Nashville's air quality or waterways, National Weather Service Nashville senior forecaster Scott Unger said. On Monday, some Nashville residents received alerts that air quality was poor in the area, spurring questions about if it was connected to the derailment. However, the alert stemmed from a glitch in data reporting earlier, according to the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. Air quality is normal here, Unger said. What's going on in Ohio is not going to affect us here in Middle Tennessee, he said. Current air quality data can be found at airnow.gov. Unger said there is also no threat to Tennessee or Nashville waterways after the train derailment and subsequent controlled release of vinyl chloride from the tanker cars. The release was a measure to prevent a larger explosion, officials said. Contaminants from the derailed tanker cars spilled into some waterways and were toxic to fish, officials confirmed. Thousands of fish were found dead in nearby waterways. However, data so far indicates the drinking water is protected. Either way, Unger said, those waterways are so far from Nashville that even if chemicals did reach the region, they would take years to arrive and would be so diluted they'd have little to no effect. East Palestine sits near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, roughly halfway between Cleveland, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Ohio River Basin spans more than 200,000 miles across 14 states and a population of nearly 25 million people, according to Ohio University. It includes major cities like Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cincinnati, Louisville, Indianapolis, and Nashville. Unger said it's important to rely on official sources when concerns like this arise, like National Weather Service Nashville or the State Environment and Conservation Agency. Even if it were going to start having effects, that would would be put through official channels, he said. An evacuation order in East Palestine lifted on February 9th after extensive around-the-clock testing in the area, said U.S. Environmental Protection Agency Representative James Justice. Excuse me, hundreds and hundreds of data points we've collected over the time show the air quality is safe, Justice said last week. Testing on rivers, streams, and drinking water wells will continue throughout the area and in nearby Ohio River, officials said. With the cost of quality child care often exceeding in-state tuition bills at Tennessee colleges, two lawmakers filed legislation on Monday to create a state government program to offer child care scholarships to low- and middle-income families. Dubbed Promising Futures, the program would use tax revenue from the state's growing sports betting industry, most of which currently goes into a lottery education fund that supports the popular HOPE and Tennessee Promise college scholarships. The bill comes after a 2022 study found that Tennessee businesses and taxpayers are losing $2.6 billion annually in earnings and revenue because parents have problems accessing child care. Those numbers am- amount to a crisis, say State Senator Becky Massey and Representative Mark White, who are sponsoring the legislation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
3: Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin Peay starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee, and now our final story. There are a group of great concerts going on this week you won't want to miss. On Wednesday today and tomorrow, the 15th and 16th at 8 p.m., Ashley McBride, who just won a Grammy, will be performing at the Ryman with special guests Aaron Radier, Benji Davis, Brandi Clark, and more. You can find tickets at www.ryman.com. And on Sunday, February 19th, Toby Mac is bringing his Hits Deep tour to Nashville. Find more at Bridgestone Arena.